0: Wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Amen. And you can be seated.
1: This one's on, okay, well oh, good, then we'll just use it, and um, just a big thank you for everyone that helped, we got the second wall finished yesterday, and that was a true blessing, and uh, so now we've got two more to go, but uh, we're right on track, and uh, the Lord has laying things in line, so praise the Lord for that, and. Uh, In spite of the largest snowstorm in the history of New York City, we still had a service this morning. Uh, It broke the record by 0.9 inches. At least that's what I heard on the radio this afternoon. 26.9 inches in Central Park. And uh, it didn't seem like it was that much snow Uh, until uh, I went out this afternoon and helped widen the walkway in front of the church. And then it really did feel like 26.9 inches. It actually felt like 46.9 inches and uh, still feeling that a little bit, but uh, uh, that's why uh, God's given me healthy young sons. They can go do it for me. Amen. Uh, But actually, let's see. It was Rachel and Hannah and myself and Stephen that did the work this afternoon, wasn't it? And... um, so praise the Lord. Any other praises? Praise the Lord for each one that is here tonight. Uh, this is a much better attendance than I had envisioned. Praise the Lord for that. Any other praises? Wow. Oh, okay.
0: Without saying much, my mom is feeling better, and um, just praise the Lord for answering a prayer. Yeah.
1: Okay. Praise the Lord brother john Daniel called this morning he said i'm taking the bus back into the depot and i'm coming to church this morning and uh he went to take the bus back into the depot and got it stuck and had to wait for the tow truck so uh he didn't make it this morning but uh praise the lord for his goodness and his love amen let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you for the things that you have done we thank you for the encouragement we can have in your word and lord we thank you for your strength and your blessings. In your name we pray, amen. Brother Franz?
0: All right, let's take your songbooks and turn to page 61. Page 61. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Amen? Page 61. There have been names that I have loved to hear, but never has there been a name so dear to this heart of mine as the name divine, the precious, precious name of Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know, And he's just the same as his lovely name And that's the reason why I love him so Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know There is no name in earth or heaven above That we should give such honor and such love as the blessed name Let us all acclaim That wondrous glorious name Of Jesus Jesus is the sweetest name I know And he's just the same As his lovely name And that's the reason why I love him so Oh Jesus Jesus is the sweetest name I know, and someday I shall see him face to face, to thank and praise him for his wondrous grace, which he gave to me when he made me free, the blessed Son of God called Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know And he's just the same As his lovely name And that's the reason why I love him so Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know Amen, and you can be seated.
1: All right, let's take our Bibles and we're going to start in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 5. And uh, tonight we're going to uh, look over a uh, topic in the Scripture. Uh, We've done this before and I've been threatening to get this sermon out for a long time. And my wife said, the only problem is you get it out tonight, nobody's here. Well, we'll we'll just practice on everybody else, but the um the word is the word amen. Now I don't know how many of you've ever studied that little word, but I mean there's an awful lot connected to the word amen in the Bible and and we start with a rather long and difficult and and tedious passage here in in the book of Numbers, but uh, as you're studying something, if you want to study and understand something in the Scripture, one of the rules that we use, now you have to understand this is uh, just something that will help you understand what's going on, is you find the first place it's mentioned in the Bible. Uh, if you're a theologue, you, you call it the law of first mention. And uh, that just simply means you look up the first place it's found and usually, God has some things in there that are connected to that thing to help you understand uh, where this word comes from. And this little word, amen, uh, in the margin in my Bible, it's called the trial of jealousy. Now, we're not going to read all 20-some verses here, but uh, let me just... Uh, why don't we start reading in verse... Uh, um, uh, 22, 22 and, and this, and again, we'll, we'll just read through here, and I'll put, try to put this on context. It says, "In this water that causes the curse shall go into thy bowels to make thy belly to swell and thy thigh to rot, and the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. Now, uh, this was a ritual that God had put into the Old Testament law. If if a husband thought that his wife had been unfaithful to him, he would take her down to the door of the tabernacle and the priest would uh, go into the holy place and he would get dust off the floor, dirt off the floor, and he would mix it into a glass of water. And there would be certain sacrifices that were offered and he would say, uh, uh, actually pronounce a curse and say, if you have uh been unfaithful you're going to drink this water and it's going to make you sick if you have not been unfaithful then you are going to be uh uh actually it said the the lady is going to have a child and the husband cannot divorce her all the days of her life and uh this was a trial uh, a a thing that God had invented to protect uh a woman from an unverifiable charge and really what she is doing here and when we see this word amen used the first time she is saying i am standing to this test and i am confirming that if i have violated god's law that i want god's judgment to come upon me now that's pretty scary and so the first thing I, I want us to understand about this thing was the word "amen" is a serious word. Uh, I've heard some. Um, oh, where, where, where? That was in the couples class where they did that silly "amen" skit. All that thing bothered me. Uh, they had a guy pretend to preach and everybody was supposed to say amen, amen and he was doing, Mary had a little lamb and everybody was supposed to say amen. I'll tell you, by the time that was done, uh, I I just felt like that skit had bordered on blasphemy and it had. Uh, The word amen is a very serious word. It was used to confirm the curse. God wants to protect And he will judge us from sin. And that little word, amen, is connected to that whole uh, uh, process there. And the Bible says that this was a, 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 uh, let me read verse 27 in twenty eight it says, in one he hath made her to drink the water, then it shall come to pass that if she be defiled and hath done trespass against her husband, uh, it says that the water that causes the curse shall enter into her and become bitter, and her belly shall shall swell, and her thigh shall rot, and the woman shall be a curse among her people, and if the woman be not defiled but be clean, then shall she be free, and shall conceive seed. Uh, or have a child, this is the law of jealousy when a wife goeth aside to another instead of her husband and is defiled or when the spirit of jealousy come upon him and he shall be jealous over his wife and shall set the woman before the Lord and the priest shall execute upon her all this law. Then shall the man be guiltless from iniquity and this woman shall bear her iniquity. And this amen was part of this ceremony to confirm God's judgment now we do something very similar today when you get saved you have to realize that you have sinned against God amen and you can say amen to that and you confirm that curse of sin upon your life and you go to before a holy God and say, I have sinned, I have broken your law. And then we ask God for His forgiveness and He saves us, amen? And we praise the Lord for that. The word amen is very serious. Let's look at the second mention, Deuteronomy chapter 27. always gets really quiet when you preach on that passage. That's why nobody ever speaks on it. Uh, Again, uh, we won't read the whole thing there, but uh, you can read that later. Uh, It is part of the Bible, and God put it in there for a purpose, and He uses this story to introduce to us the word, amen. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 15, and we come here, and uh, this is a, a promise that God made the children of Israel, to promise that when they passed over, they were supposed to stop at a certain mountain, and half of Israel was to get on one mountain, the other half on another. And they were to go through these things. And uh, we're going to start reading here in, in verse 15. It said, Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and putteth it in a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say... Amen. Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. And this continues right down through the end of the chapter. And it again is exactly the same idea. It is confirming the curse of God's judgment upon those people who break God's law. We have this tradition here in America that uh, if you're speeding down the highway and one of those friendly men in the car with the pretty lights on top stops you, he's supposed to only give you a warning and let you get away with it. We like that tradition, don't we? That's exactly the opposite of what this is talking about. You know, when we sin. We ought to get God's judgment. We ought to get in trouble. You know, the Bible says that we're to suffer sometimes according to the will of God, but that suffering is for righteousness sake. When you get caught because you um, whatever fudged your worksheet, time sheet at work, or you were sloughing off, you know, you should get caught for those things. As God's people, we ought to want more than anything else to live right and to do right. We ought to, I mean, one of the greatest problems we have in American society today is the lack of judgment, is it not? People, if you can hire the lawyers, you can get away with anything. Talk to O.J. Simpson. But has he really gotten away with it? No. And he's not going to get away with it. And uh, Michael Jackson has never been uh, gotten put in jail for the wicked things that he has done. And somebody says, do you really believe he's a child molester? I don't know. Uh, the only way I know how to put it is, and maybe this is wrong, but he's missing a wonderful opportunity if he isn't. I mean, he's got all the signs. He's got all of the... I mean, and. He 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 really is a mess. Is anybody going to argue the point that Michael Jackson is a mess? I mean, real mess. And uh, he's even a bigger mess now. But would he be such a mess if he knew that he would go to jail for doing some of the things he's done? You know, it's part of the problem is you don't get in trouble anymore. Everybody thinks... Oh, I'm gonna get off. You know, it's, it's their duty to, to, to go light on me. And God said, no, that's not the way it works. This little word, amen, is used to confirm the curse and say, listen, if you're gonna do idolatry in a secret place and hide it from everybody, you're claiming, you're saying, amen, we hope that God's judgment is gonna come upon that person. I don't know about you, but, I, I want God to judge the murderers and those that destroy other people's lives. Amen. And to stop the thievery and the, and the other things that go on in our society. We, we need some of that today. And that's where we find this little word. Amen. It, it says, cursed be he that lieth, um, that setteth light by his father or, or his mother. You know, boy, that'd be a, a lot of people in trouble today, would not it? But that's where this little word comes in. It's confirming God's judgment for secret sins. Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 5. This theme continues through the Bible. I never go through this first part of this thing on the word amen. I don't remember the story that uh, one of my professors, Dr. Dow, uh, uh, just a blessed man and uh, one of the old stalwarts of the faith, he went home to be with the Lord just two years ago at 90 some years old. One of the founders of the Bible college I went to and he said he had this young man in his class that was always saying amen very loud and in his class, and he began taking a few notes on this thing and trying to figure out what in the world this fellow was doing. And he began to realize that this young man was saying amen so he could draw attention to himself. He said, I'm going to fix this. So he got himself a little note there, and he prepared a whole list of things that he knew that this young man would say amen really loud about. And then he stuck one in there that was totally backwards. He turned all the words around and was saying something that was absolutely against the Scripture. And uh, so he starts down the list and he hears, Amen! 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 Finally, he puts the, the little hook in there and the guy, of course, goes, Amen! He said, That's it, young man. You weren't even listening to what I said. Everybody else knew that I said something. That was totally against the Bible. And there you are saying amen. He said, let me tell you something. Your purpose is not to agree with what I'm saying. Because what I said was absolutely wrong. He said, your purpose is to draw attention to yourself, young man. And we'll have no more of that in this class. Boy, I like that story. Because the word amen is a serious word. It's. Something that we have to be careful with. And we'll get on to that. We use it to end all of our prayers. Sometimes we blaspheme that little word by saying, in Jesus' name, amen, when we prayed for something that we had no business praying for. We better be careful. I mean, it's a powerful word. And uh, we'll find out how powerful here in just a little bit as we go through this. Nehemiah 5, verse 13. It says, And I shook my lap, this is Nehemiah, also I shook my lap and said, So God shake out every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise, even thus, be he shaken out and emptied, and all the congregation said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did, according to this promise. Now here's what was happening. Nehemiah was one of the rebuilders. He had come back after Jerusalem had been destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, You had Zerubbabel and the people that had come with him, and they had rebuilt the temple. Uh, It is now about 150 years after the temple was rebuilt. We have this man named Nehemiah coming to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. And already the people have gone against the word of God and... They had taken advantage of their own brothers and sisters. Here they are living in poverty, living in a city that has been destroyed. And instead of helping each other out, some people had a little more cash on hand than others. And so they were loaning them with interest. And when they couldn't pay the loan, then, then they would say, Well, listen, we'll just refinance and we'll take your house and your lands and your crops for seven years as collateral. And when they couldn't pay that, uh, and they were literally starving their own brethren out of house and home. And Nehemiah said, Mm-mm, this is not godly. He said, you guys are going to release those debts and let those people go free. And he said, if you don't, he said, I'm going to pray that God shakes you out. He said, he shook his lap. And uh, uh, I'm not quite sure how he did that. He was probably sitting down. I would think that's the only way you would do that without falling down. And uh, he said, uh, so God do this to you. And all the congregation said, amen, and praise the Lord, because they knew that these people were cheating them and stealing from them. And here again, we have this little word, amen, used to confirm God's judgment for sin. Now, that's not the only use of the word Amen, but that's where it starts. And the second place we have the word Amen, the second way we have it used in the Bible, is in worship. Now, isn't it interesting that God starts out using the word Amen, confirming God's judgment, asking God to judge us for secret sin, and then He uses that same word in worship. Because you can't worship God until you're taking care of the sin. Amen. Why got quiet? You can say amen to that. We need to start practicing because we're going to be saying amen in heaven. Amen. There we go. We're getting somewhere. See, we're, what we're going to do is use you guys for the seed to get everybody else going amen again. And uh, every once in a while, I'll get this sermon out, and we'll get a lot of amens for about the next uh, three or four months, and then it starts... Tapering off and getting quiet and quiet and quiet. And so we're going to use this to see if we can help people. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 6. Nehemiah chapter 8. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, they had rebuilt the city walls. And now they were going through and reading the word of God. In in verse 5 it says, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. With lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Not only... Was there a desire for God's judgment? There is also a desire to worship God when we see this phrase amen, this word used. It is used to praise the Lord in different Psalms. Let's just go through a few of them. Psalm seventy two nineteen. And I turned the wrong direction in my Bible. Psalm seventy two nineteen. One of these days I'll get there. Excuse me. It says, And blessed be His glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. Turn over to page uh, Psalm number 89. Psalm number 89. And verse 52. Blessed be the Lord forevermore. amen. And amen. Just one more. Psalm 106 and verse 48. It says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting and let all the people say, amen. We're getting there. Let's try that again. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting and let all the people say, Amen. amen. Praise ye the Lord. And let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 28. Jeremiah chapter 28. And, of course, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. He was the one that witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem and in Jeremiah chapter 28. Jeremiah is reminding the Lord of His Word. 28 and verse 6. It said... um, Here we go. It says, even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words which thou hast prophesied to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I shall speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. He said, The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesy both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesieth of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord has truly sent him. And what Jeremiah was actually doing here was there was a false prophet. And he was prophesying falsely, saying, God's going to bring, this, bring the captivity of Israel to an end and everything's coming back and everything's going to be the way it was. And Jeremiah said, Amen. Boy, that'd be wonderful. He said, but it's not going to happen. And he used that time to remind the people. He said, this is God's word. He used that to draw attention to himself and to show that these, this man, was wrong. And then we come here and uh, uh, look at verse 17. It says, "So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month." And this this prophet tried to say all of these things and. Jeremiah said, well, let's see if it comes to pass. didn't come to pass. And God's judgment was upon Hananiah for, for, for prophesying falsely. But I want you to get ready because we're going to see this word and we're going to use this word in heaven. Let's go to the book of Revelation. And these prophecies have not happened yet. The book of Revelation, chapter 5 and verse 14... It says, And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever. Now, you come back up here to verse... uh, Where does this thing begin? Verse 9. It says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. "...out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto God, our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength." And honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. Imagine what that's going to be like. The Bible says we're going to be there for that. And that word, amen, is going to be used. Look at Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. It says, And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and the elders and the four beasts fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful word? And one more time, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 4, it says, And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat upon the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. Now it's interesting, there are two words that are the same. In every language, those two words are "amen" and "alleluia." It's interesting how that happens, and yet those are the words that we're going to use to worship God in heaven. Uh, When we first moved to the city, we worked with another church, and they met in a Korean building, a Korean Presbyterian building, on Sunday nights. And uh, we got there a little early one time and they were practicing their Christmas music and they were doing the Alleluia course. And uh, it was it was just funny to, to my wife and I because it was uh, all Korean, you know, the same tune that we had known many times and then all of a sudden, Alleluia, Alleluia. And then all this stuff we didn't understand. We knew what they were saying because we knew the words and then out comes Alleluia. Uh, Again, and uh, I'll tell you, uh, at least we understood a little bit. Amen? And uh, that's the way it's going to be in heaven. Everyone will know those words because they're all the same in every language. Isn't that interesting? Just a coincidence, I'm sure. No, it is not. So, we use amen to confirm God's judgment. We use amen. We're supposed to. The Bible uses this word as part of our worship. And that's why so many times when, when we finish the invitation, I'll say, and all God's people said, there's a reason. Either we're worshiping God out of obedience or we're conform- confirming the fact that we need a little judgment in our life. Better be careful. Amen? And so we move on. Look at uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 13. The book of Hebrews chapter 13. We use the word amen and should as it is used in the Bible. Excuse me. In verse 21... Well let's read 20. It says, "Now the God of peace that brought again that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen." There, there's Paul is asking something here. Or Paul, uh, we don't know if he wrote Hebrews or not. Sorry. Uh, but the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, I want the God of peace that brought back Jesus from the dead to do His work according to His will in your life. You know what that is? That's encouragement. Amen. The word amen should be used. It is using to... Finish the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why, even today, these uh, Muslim people will always say, uh, "The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him," or something like that. That's that's their kind of version of that thing. And uh, yet, it says, "To whom be glory forever and ever." Amen. Now, the whole purpose of this is God's will to be done in our lives. Now, that's encouraging when preachers preaching you can say amen in agreement and uh, the best way i know how to put it i think i'm stealing this one from brother clayton saying amen to a preacher's when he's preaching is like saying sicum to a hound dog uh i mean it 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 tells the preacher that somebody else is awake and with him and what's going on and you're listening and you're encouraged and you want to keep going on you say pastor Do you really want us to say amen? You betcha. It helps. It lets other people know that uh, they're the only one that's disagreeing. Amen. Uh, You'll find there'll be people come into this church. They don't know what's going on. And they're sitting there and they're hearing everybody say, amen, amen. And they're saying, boy, I got to either get on this bandwagon or get out of here and go somewhere else. Uh, it it lets people know, other people know, that you're in agreement with what's going on. It encourages the pastor, and it is saying to God, I want to be obedient to these things that are being preached from God's Word. Uh, Romans chapter 15, as Paul is ending the book of Romans. In, in verse 33... Of Romans chapter 15, it says, "Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen." You know, there are just some times when you don't know what to say. Amen's a good spiritual response. It, that one was not. <sighs> is not a good spiritual response. We've only got two more points, okay? We'll get through this before tomorrow. And um, but Paul was saying, "Listen, the Lord be with you, Amen." Of a surety, encouragement. We we need to encourage one another. There's not a one of us that couldn't use a little encouragement from time to time. And all God's people said. Encourage one another. God bless you. Amen? Now, be careful who you say God bless you to. There's some people that don't need God's blessing. John Gotti Jr. does not need God's blessings. He needs to get saved. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Gates does not need God's blessings. He needs to get saved. And uh, you read the book of Second John. He says, you say God's speed or God's blessings be upon you, you become partaker of their evil deeds. Now, I I don't want to be partaker of their evil deeds. And by the way, do you know who started this? God bless you to everybody. How many people know who started that in American society? Bill Clinton. He's the guy that started it. Now, that borders on blasphemy coming out of that mouth, doesn't it? Unless he's talking about his God, and I don't want his God to bless me, I want the God of the Bible to bless me. Amen. And uh, we we need to encourage each other. Uh, amen is used as a benediction or an ending. It's a great way to finish something that got started good. It means the word "amen" simply means of a surety. It means I'm in agreement that this thing is right. Somebody came up with this thing a few years ago. Uh, They had these crowds and people would say, right on. Well, that's not quite the word amen, but the, the idea is this is truth and I agree with it. That's what the word amen means. Now, when we end our prayers, we usually say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you know what that means? I am praying for what Jesus would pray for if he were here. And this is of a surety. This is truth. This is guaranteed. Wow. We better be careful what we say in Jesus' name. Amen at the end of. We, we need to be careful about this thing. It's the end of praise. I mean, what else can you say? Excuse me, we read those verses. Glory and honor and blessing unto Him that sitteth upon the throne forevermore. Amen! I mean, what else can you say? How can you finish it? That, that word, little word, amen, is the place. And is properly used to finish praise and worship toward God. I mean, there's nothing left to be said after you say, Amen! Now. Got one more point here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 in verse 20. It says for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Now, I want you to turn one last verse. Revelation chapter 3. Jesus is speaking to His churches. Revelation chapter 3. And unto the church of the... Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith who? Thee. Amen. Remember I told you that word is serious? It's serious because it's one of the names of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the eternal truth. The eternal surety. He is always, 100%. He is the Amen. Now, we need to use the word Amen. We need to learn to use the word Amen. We're going to use the word Amen when we get to heaven. So we better start using it now. Amen? Amen. Hey, see, it works. And um, we want to... To see the Lord, uh, we want to be an encouragement to one another. By, speak, bibl- learn to speak biblically. God bless you. Amen. When we pray, we better make sure we know that we're praying for what Jesus would want us to pray for. Then we can say with confidence, in Jesus' name, Amen. There's times when things are not right in our life. It happens to all of us. Not preaching at you, preaching with you. Hey, we need to go back and use that word, amen, properly. God, you need to get this out of my life. Well, He has. He paid for it on the cross, amen. God, I don't want to have secret sins. I want to be pure and right with God. We can't have secret sins in Open Door Bible Baptist Church. God will withdraw His blessings from our church. And everything will look all right on the outside and everything will keep going because we don't know we'll be just like the children of Israel when they went up to fight the battle at Ai And they lost and they couldn't figure out why. It was because of secret sin. We need to pray about that. We need to use worship. Amen. In our worship. Invitation is the most sacred time of our service. It's where we give an opportunity to take the preaching of God's Word and put it personal in our lives. And when we end that time of invitation, if God's working in your life and you're going out of here in confidence knowing that you're serving the Lord, when we say, and all God's people said, just let her rip, Amen. Now, don't be obnoxious. You let the Lord take care of that. My father-in-law said, I've been in a few services. He said, "where I just had to shout. He said, but that hadn't happened very often. I remember Brother Clayton uh, said he was listening to a radio program and some preacher was preaching and and, um, his daughter-in-law Sharon was with him and said, what kind of preacher is that it sounds like there's a cow in the background and there was some old 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 uh, uh how shall we say this nicely there was just some uh older woman going hey mine and sound just like a cow uh i don't think that had the desired effect that the preacher was wanting to have do you poor poor Sharon she was oh is that what that is okay so let's let's not Get into. I mean, I there's. It's funny. I mean, I could spend the rest of the evening just talking about different amens. I've, I've could uh, I've give you illustrations of different amens and uh, things, and we'd be rolling down the aisle uh, because it's just funny the different ways people do it. But amen's not a funny word. It's a serious word. And when we do it in such a way that it draws attention to the Amen and takes it away from the Amen, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then we're we're playing games. Simple, good, old-fashioned. And I don't like this Amen stuff. How in the world can you give a hearty Amen? Now, I, I forgive our French brethren when we go to Montreal uh, uh, because you just say things different in French than you do in English. But... Uh, uh, the uh, I think they say it Amin or something like that, and um, but when we're here, just a simple, good old-fashioned Amen, it helps all the way around, and all God's people said, "Let's pray." Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this little word. Amen. We thank you for the fact that you are the amen. Lord, we're thankful that you spend so much time connecting this word to judgment of sin in the lives of your people. We pray that we would be careful. We pray that we would worship you and that our worship would be true and honest. Lord, we pray that You would remind us to use the word Amen to encourage one another. And Lord, we're thankful that that little word just fits and solves so many problems of communication. Just a wonderful word. We pray that we would cherish it, we would use it. And Lord, we pray that we would encourage one another with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and we'll just have a few moments of invitation here and just have Joya play uh, a few verses. Why don't you just play Only Trust Him. We won't sing the words tonight, but let's just keep our heads bowed for a moment if you need to come. God's people sin. Amen. And you may be seated. Does anybody need a prayer list? I think we have some extras in the back or do we? Do you have the extras, Ruth Ann? Oh, she just has one. Okay. Does everybody have one that needs one? Okay. All right. I think Mrs. Nasino needs one. So take it back to her if you would. And um would ask that you would just uh keep the uh, renovations uh in prayer. Uh, we'll run off a few more if we need to um, but uh that so far everything is falling in place. we're getting things done, and uh it's it's starting to drop in to to place the different people that are going to help us and so and I've got to make some phone calls this week to start lining up some other uh, helpers that men have promised to come and give us a hand. And uh, so let's uh, pray for that, if you would. Uh, it would be a wonderful thing if we could just finish that uh, the main part of that work up in the next three or four weeks and um, get it done. Uh, Brother Shaw ha- has made a contact at uh, a Carpet Company, uh, his uncle works at, and uh, what we 're praying for is that they get a um, commercial overrun, like we need an airport to order a bunch of really nice carpet and they make too much of it, and then we 'll get it at about a somewhere between a third and a half its original cost doesn't that sound good? Uh, would you pray with me about that? Um, it, it would really be nice to be able to put some new carpet down in the in the basement, but as if you go to Home Depot or some place like that where the carpet's really cheap and uh, you get something halfway decent, you're still looking at $8,000, $9,000 to carpet a place that big. Now, And that carpeting that we would get would look nice for about six weeks or six months and then it would start looking a little nasty and in a year it would look awful. Uh, so we we need something that uh... uh, that we could actually uh... what we're hoping to get is very similar to what's down there it's a carpet tile the only problem is when we got that carpeting there was no extras so when one got stained it stayed that way uh... whereas if we can get some extras what would happen is if somebody drops their coffee on we just peel that tile up throw it away and stick a new one down and the carpet stays looking new for, for Literally, years and years and years. The carpet that's down there, believe it or not, is close to 20 years old. And uh, uh, it looks marvelous for being as old and as misused as it has been. Uh, It would really be nice to get some new stuff, put it down there and for the next 20 years. And by that time, I'll be too old to lay carpet, I hope. Uh, we'll, We'll just see how that all works. So you pray about that, if you would. Keep our missionaries in prayer and um, uh, different ones here. And uh, anything else to add? Take off the prayer list. If not, we'll break up and pray, and then we'll be dismissed.